Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you on this Easter morning. I'm glad we can uh, worship together. What a joy it is to see you. Uh, Long time old faces and fresh new faces and all together we worship God. And so I'm grateful uh, that we can do that this day. Isn't it fun to celebrate the resurrection, right? Really? Is that… Anybody there? Anybody there? Just want to make sure. Come on. So as we celebrate it, I'm reminded that, you know, just a few short weeks ago, I was blessed and fortunate to be in the Holy Land and arrived back here a, a few weeks ago. And as usual, an amazing experience, a wonderful way to vivify Scripture and to bring uh, our faith alive where we see the place Jesus died and we see the place Jesus was raised and we see the place He was born, all of it glorious. Uh, for the very first time, I got to go with a good, good friend of mine who was in seminary with me, serving a local church up in Chicago, and he brought a group, and we brought a group from Treach, and it was just a lot of fun. And so about a week after we got home, I, I was checking in with my buddy James and just kind of uh, seeing how life was treating him and how he was getting ready for Easter. And so I just said, so what, what are you doing to make plans, and how are you getting ready? And as always, I, I expected a deeply theological and philosophical answer from him. But what I got instead was the way he was getting ready for Easter was he was removing the Christmas lights from his place. (laughs) I guess we all have to figure out a starting point, right? We all have to figure out where we're going to begin, but it all leads to new life and it all leads to the powerful gift of resurrection, right? And so the reason we gather is to celebrate that precious gift to recognize Christ is alive, that tomb is empty, and we celebrate that gift. Many of you know over these last several weeks throughout Lent, we have been celebrating and and acknowledging the great I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. And and as Flipside shared with us so amazingly, it reminds us of these gifts, right? That Jesus is the bread of life so we can receive sustenance for life, that Jesus is the light of the world so that He can illuminate our path and help us to see more clearly. Jesus claims, I am the gate that he opens wide the opportunity to to bring folks into the kingdom and help people to know of the love of God found in and through him, right? I am the good shepherd, he says, so that I can provide you safety and security and provide you opportunity. I am, Jesus says, the way and the truth and the life so that we can indeed know the path and we can understand the life that he provides. Jesus, of course, last week we've discovered, says, I am the true vine, that life source for us that we need to remain connected to that brings life for us. It is a powerful way to celebrate. And one of the ways Jesus helps us to know this and the purposes behind these I am statements is to help us realize Jesus is God, fully incarnate, fully made human, fully among us and with us. Jesus is God. I am But it's also a way for us to relate to Him and connect with Him, right? Because we can connect to the bread of life and we can recognize the light of the world and we can celebrate that He is the gate and the good shepherd, right? All of these things help us connect to Jesus and to better understand His purposes in the world. Today, of course, we would be remiss if we didn't celebrate Jesus' I am statement, I am the resurrection and the life. It is a powerful claim and statement of faith. And I love the way John helps us to better understand it. So Jesus has gone to resurrect his friend Lazarus, who is the brother of Martha and Mary. 
And in John's gospel in the 11th chapter, Jesus responds to Martha to help her better understand what the purposes are for him to come. And he quite literally simply says this, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet shall they live. And those who live and believe in me will never die. That's the profound statement of faith, but he doesn't end there. He asks of her a statement of faith. Do you believe this? Do you believe that this is true? Do you believe that Christ offers life? Do you believe that He actually is the source of all life, that He was not only raised from the dead, but that He offers resurrection to all who would profess faith in Him? Do you believe this? Oh, okay. Just making sure. Just making sure we're all on the same page here, right? Jesus is saying this to Mary and Martha so that they would recognize the powerful gift that he's about to offer. But he's making a very clear point. Not only does he offer resurrection, not only does he offer life, but he is the source of life. He is the only one who can raise Lazarus from the dead. He is the only one who can give us this life that is abundant, that is full, that is everlasting. He is the source of all life. And when we place our trust in Him, and when we follow in His ways, we too will have resurrection and life. That is the gift that He offers. And so we celebrate that on a day like today. I gather, I glean, that's why we're here, right? I I hope that we're not here just to look pretty, right? I mean, you do look pretty, right? But we're not here just for that. We're here to experience the resurrection and the life. We're here so that as we experience the resurrection and the life, we can then share it with the world and we can help others to know of its wonder and grace and beauty and joy. And so we gather to celebrate. And there's no better place than in Luke's gospel to hear this account, because while all four of the gospels, of course, tell of the wonder of this day, Luke's gospel presents the powerful presentation of the life that Christ offers. Listen to the story as Luke reports it to us. So the women have gathered, and on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen." Remember how he told you while you were, he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Friends, this is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Yet again, a profound question, not from Jesus, but from the two men dressed in dazzling clothes. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Interesting question to ponder, isn't it? Why do you look for the living 
among the dead. The women had come to bury Jesus, to prepare His body. The women had come to make ready for His eternity, but they found something tremendously and gloriously different. Why do you look for the living among the dead? And I cannot help but when I reflect on that particular question, just as Jesus asked Martha, do you believe this? The men are asking you and me, just like Jesus was asking Martha, why do we look for the living among the dead? We gather today to celebrate this resurrection. We gather today to celebrate the life that Christ offers. And yet every last one of us from day to day, from month to month, from year to year, we often look for life among dead places. We often look for living and possibility in dark, dank places in the world. We seem to think that somehow we're going to find this life that Christ offers, find this resurrection that Christ uh, brings to us in other places and in other relationships. Why do we look for the living among the dead? We're all guilty. For some, it's been in a, a marriage that's falling apart and we keep doing the same old thing the same old way, thinking that somehow we're going to change the way things are going, right? Somehow in the midst of our addiction, we somehow think that if I just keep plugging along, if I keep trying these same old ways, that I'm going to somehow get rid of my addiction. Somehow if I go to that job that I absolutely hate and find no fulfillment in, but by golly, if I go in every single day, somehow it's going to turn out to be all right and I'm going to get fulfilled. I keep looking for the living among the dead. Why? Why do we keep doing that? Why do we keep searching for things that we think might bring life or think might bring hope or think might enliven who we are? We keep looking in the same old places. And they're dark and they're dank and they're not any fun, and yet we keep trudging along, keep hoping, keep thinking, keep praying, keep determining, because we somehow think that they will bring life. And when they don't, we are surprisingly surprised, aren't we? Well, by golly, I thought this would work. And man, I keep trying and I'm, I'm, I'm really hard at this and I, I keep making this possible, right? And I, I keep thinking, but why do we keep looking for the living among the dead? Jesus wants to say something to us. Jesus wants to offer us a new opportunity, and, and I simply invite us into the same. Let's stop. <laughs> Let's stop looking in the same old places. Let, let's stop looking for life amidst death. Let, let's stop looking for light in the dark place. Let's stop it. <laughs> let's try this guy named Jesus. Let's try the one who is the source of life and the resurrection. Let's commit ourselves to his ways. Let's, let, let's garner around the, the things that he can offer. Let, let's, let's stop going back to the same old trough, but rather let's look for the life that is the source of all life. And I'm convinced that if we'll do this, if we will place our trust in Him, if we will then, having trusted Him, follow His teachings, then it will change everything. 
I, I don't fully get how the resurrection works. I, I don't understand every nook and cranny, every detail. I, in our enlightened world, in our somehow philosophical thought process, in our, in our intellect of all beings, we, we don't always understand these things. And yet, if we will trust that they're true, if we will place our faith in Him, if we will choose to trust that this is possible, and then follow his ways, it will change not only us, but it can change the world. That's what happened 2,000 years ago. That's why we find ourselves here today, because we somehow believe and we trust that it's true, because the source of life and light is him. It's why I'm so honored to serve in this community of faith. Because we have this, this purpose, this, this mission that says we want to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We want to help people find Him to discover who He is, to discover how His life makes a difference and how His teachings can change who we are. And we want to help people to know that and to grow in that relationship, to nurture that relationship, and to bring something about because in doing so, we can change not only who we are, but how the world encounters love and how the world understands joy, and how anybody and everybody can receive this resurrection and life. And I love the vision that we have that kind of helps us get there because we've got this vision that says we, we envision a community where people matter because they always matter to Jesus where brokenness is healed because that's what he came to do, and that love is lived because that's the tangible way that this stuff becomes real. And I love that we've been doing it for 40 years and that we'll keep doing it for another 40 and another 40 after that. And whether it's been a, a long-standing relationship and connection like we've done in Mozambique for over 25 years where we've helped to establish the center of hope or where we've uh, helped to uh, educate young people or adopt orphans or provide a community uh, library or, or offer a sanitation system, we have helped shine the light of hope and resurrection in communities that might not otherwise see it or whether it's a more recent occurrence where we've supported uh, the Refuge for Women that helped those who've been caught up in human trafficking to find the light of day and to see that there can be hope and that there can be new life in the midst of your dark places, or rather most recently whether it's the uh, Methodist Children's Home where we help young children and teenage boys and girls understand that they are loved beyond compare and without condition because often they've been left behind. And I have the honor and privilege, as I know you have the honor and privilege, to see the way people's lives have been changed because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether it's been a marriage that's found itself bound back up again, or whether it's been those who have overcome addiction and continue to overcome addiction, or whether it's been those who've seen the light of Christ in their own lives and discovered the great joy of Him. It doesn't happen in every relationship. It doesn't happen in every addicted person's life. But when it does, it is the power of the gospel, and it is the power of resurrection and life that Christ brings because He is the source. And that's why we gather today, because we somehow trust and we somehow believe and we want to follow in His footsteps because He really is the way and the truth and the life. And he offers us the resurrection and the life. 
You know, the women went to the tomb expecting to bury their Savior. They went to the tomb expecting to find death. They went there having lost all hope. But what they found was life. What they found was resurrection. And what they found and discovered was the truth that Christ can overcome and that He will overcome and that if we will simply trust and follow, we can too. This is the beauty of what Jesus did. This is the wonder of how Paul the apostle would tell us. I want to encourage you to go home today. You've got some afternoon time this afternoon, I know. Go read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul the apostle writes this beautiful uh, image of what the resurrection is, about what it means for our lives, what it means for the world. And in part, what Paul says quite literally is this, when this perishable body puts on the imperishable, when this mortal body puts on immortality, then that saying which was written so long ago will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And he goes on to say, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The gift is that we have this victory, friends. We will always face death. We will always have sin in our lives. But Christ who is the source of all life and provides resurrection to us, helps us to overcome, helps us not only in our personal lives to overcome, but collectively and corporately, it helps us to help the world know that when there is darkness in the world, that when there is despair in the world, that when there is death in the world, we can still overcome, we can still conquer, we can still find new life. You know why? Because the greatest proof there ever was that the resurrection is real is a group of people who are so radically different, so transformed by love, so motivated by grace, so compellingly compassionate that there could be no other explanation that, that, but that something determinate happened in the world some 2,000 years ago. We become the proof. Because in us, through faith, by trust, and following Him, we can offer life, and we can demonstrate resurrection. So my prayer for you, for me, for all of us, is that we might trust that this is true, that we might follow His ways, and that we might help the world to know that this really is a powerful gift offered without price for any and all who might desire it. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Do you believe this? Yes. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, thank you for the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to know that you really are the source of all life. May we find in you our own resurrection in the midst of our dark places and in the midst of the despair we may find that you help, help us to overcome, that you provide the life that only you can provide, and that you offer through that life abundance, everlasting, ever-loving, life eternal. God, we are so grateful, and we celebrate this day and all our days the power of the resurrection and life. God, this is our prayer. And we lift it in the name of the one Jesus, who really is the resurrection and life. Amen.